Test. All right. What's going on, everybody? Back here again. We've been out here for two and a half weeks. I've learned a lot. I've been reading a lot, doing the TM a lot. I'm feeling so much better than I was a couple months ago. The first four days out here were weird. Like when I recorded that last podcast, I was in a, it's a little weird. It's like going from warmth to like extreme cold and a foot of snow in the summer. But yeah, my parents just visited. That was a good time. It was their 35th anniversary. So I took them all around, all the way from Estes Park to Colorado Springs, and it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. I've been trading a lot and had a huge breakthrough in trading. I was talking to my mentor, and you know, I've been options trading for a while now, and somewhere along the line, I forgot one of the key elements that he retaught me yesterday, and it just opened my eyes. Like I've been doing it all wrong, and a lot of that was linked to greed consistency over greed will always win every single time and I saw that immediately especially today like I just had the biggest breakthrough and it's unbelievable that's why I tweeted that because I know what I learned today and what I actually figured out today is going to be life-changing and legendary like I got this video from a YouTube channel planned for the next two weeks I don't want to put out any bunk ass shit I'm just uh I'm really taking my time with this because this is going to be like the next stage and I know there's something big and I know it. I've been talking about this for a while, but what I learned today, I'm going to look back on that tweet and remember today because, well, it wasn't what I learned today. It was what I learned over the weekend talking to him, but what I applied today for the first time, um, crazy. But today it's another book podcast. I've only done one of these And uh, today's book is How Successful People Think by John C. Maxwell. The title of this podcast, definitely do not take this in like an egotistical way because people are going to see and be like, oh, thinks he's successful. Listen, I'm not successful compared to a lot of people. Listen to that. But this John C. Maxwell character is, and he has a lot of great things to say. And I'm just going to go through it, get my thoughts on it, like I did in the last one. And then the next book, for those of you who want to read along, is 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I'm like halfway through with that. I'm not reading as much as I hoped just because of the element. Like, I'm, I'm in the middle of almost nowhere out here. Going anywhere. Well, I'm in the middle of nowhere, but I'm in the middle of everything. So it's like 30 minutes to any major city from here, which is a good spot to be because you're kind of isolated and you're kind of not yeah, too isolated. But... uh yeah, it's been a good time. I'm trying to think of anything else that has happened. I need to start writing these down because we have so many funny stories that have happened out here. And it's been great. We've just been eating well, breathing in the mountain air all day long, going on so many hikes. We went on this one crazy hike called Lost Lake. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Deep snow. Every hike we go on is just covered in snow, even though it's almost June now. But, uh, yeah. Keep on the update for that. I'm going to start filming the video tomorrow with the hopes of finishing it by the middle to end of next week. And then the filming is all this next week and a half. And then next weekend could go well. It will go well. And that's something I've learned recently. I was reading um, like someone suggested mushrooms. I've never done mushrooms, but it's definitely interesting stuff. I read a Reddit post about how what mushrooms showed somebody was. Well, actually it wasn't mushrooms. It was acid, which is a little different, but it was just a post that was really interesting he said that when he took it from then on for the rest of his life something that he learned during his trip or whatever was that he had that he was then on for sure he understood that everything was going to work out well at the end and I think that's like a superpower that I truly believe that no matter what happens no matter what you're going through it's going to work out in the end and I think that's really good segue to this, like how successful people think. Like if you have a doubt that something's not going to work out, it's not going to work out. But if you always keep that mentality, I just feel like there's some superpower there where it's not just thinking that things are going to work out. It's actually knowing that things will work out and things will always work out. He cited how there something pulled him to the South of France when he was 18 in the seventies. It was like some 64 year old man. And he said that, he did like the acid or whatever two days, um, a year or two before. And when he went out there, he had $200, no cell phones, of course. And the only person that was out there was someone he hasn't talked to in a year. And he didn't speak French or anything. But he just went with this idea of knowing things would work out. 
and he didn't really know exactly where his friend lived. He knew the area. So he's literally going there $200, just knew the area, and was going to see what would happen. But he knew it would work out well. So he gets out there. He's on the train, and he sits next to this one woman who starts speaking to him in French. I mean, um, yeah, French. And he's like, I don't speak French. Turns out she speaks English. Turns out that she's friends with the friend that he was looking for. Turns out she was on the way to a party where he was gonna, that he was hosting that night and that she would bring him with him. He gets there. His friend's there. His friend puts him up for three months. And I just think there's something so crucial about that because so many people, you know, they'll live in the sense of worry, worry, worry. And I, I kind of got in that rut a little bit at one point in my life too. It's like I'm worrying about if things would go right when I wasn't believing that they will. And by not believing by not knowing that it would go right, I'm, anu- I'm ignoring all the signs and the direction that's pointing me to the path that's going to end up going well, if that makes sense. Not worrying if things are going to ro- go wrong, focusing on how things could go wrong this way, this way, and then you're going to be more attracted to and be pulled towards is the law of vibration, you know, <clears throat> being more pulled towards the things that are going to make things go wrong. Things are always going to go right if you believe they're going to go right. And so... Let's see what John C. Maxwell has to say about how successful people think. And I'm really excited for this next one, the 12 Rules for Life, because that one's going to be a long, long podcast. It's one of the longest books I've ever read. That's why it's taken a while, but I want to start with a long one. And uh, yeah, originally I was going to read like 20 books out here. Hell no. I'd I'd spend all day. But uh, I've just been, outside of reading, I've just been learning a lot on YouTube, like watching a lot of Alex Becker. He's amazing in terms of like crypto, but also just psychological things. Like he talks about dopamine, uh, dopamine detoxes and how dopamine is really the driving factor for most things. So if you're drinking alcohol, if you're you're eating sugary foods, your body's going to take the path of least resistance towards wherever it's getting the most dopamine. Why would you work on a project for three months and get that dopamine spike gradually and slowly and then uh, peak at the end of the three months when you get a way higher dopamine spike by taking 10 shots, you know? Yeah, your brain is just a brain that is like, there, there's two things. There's your brain and then there's your soul. The brain is working off of straight chemicals and, and dopamine is one of those driving factors. So reevaluate your life like that you know if, if you're just doing a lot of things that causing dopamine spikes no wonder you can't focus on anything that's actually fulfilling because your brain's literally just saying no nah, i want i want this you know i want to i want to i want to i want this spike because that's what you're giving your brain but anyway john c maxwell he starts off by saying a human mind with the ability to think well is like a diamond that will a diamond mind that never runs out think well this is exactly what we were just talking about, ironically. I haven't opened this. I read this book uh, two months ago, and I haven't made this podcast yet. But that's a good segue right there. You know, a human mind with the ability to think as well, to think well is a diamond mind that never runs out. A human mind that is, has the ability to think well. Your, you, your human mind cannot think well if you're just feeding it sugar and alcohol and weed and drugs and nicotine and all this because it's it you're you're sending it on paths that you don't even want to go to you know there's no fulfillment in hitting a fucking cigarette you know but there is fulfillment in completing a project that's true and then your brain your brain will start to gravitate towards that because it's not getting its dopamine spikes anymore from the bad things you're putting into it it's getting its dopamine spikes from the fulfilling things that you're doing so it's kind of like redirecting your dopamine intake into fulfilling things therefore your brain and you obviously yourself you're attached to your brain are going to want to do those things because that's the driving factor now for it and for those of you watching on youtube it's very bright out i don't know how this is going to turn out but i got two lights going and i got the fucking frame rate going up so just want to mention that but that is a great way to start off this book because every successful person can think well but to think well you have to give your brain the chance to think well Oof, that's a good one Uh, next point he says spend time with good thinkers you really are the the uh, you become what you surround yourself with 
And I've noticed that, you know, I've, I've talked about that many times. So there's no reason to go deep into it, but you become what you surround yourself with. And that's why if you're in a toxic environment, man, maybe you're just in a toxic environment, but you got to use that as fuel. You, you can't cave to the toxic environment. If you're there long enough, you're going to become toxic yourself. And maybe you are toxic, but you can be product, productively toxic or toxic productively. You can remain toxic, but as long as you're productive, you're going to eventually seep out of the toxicity. And with the internet note, you know, listen to this podcast, listening to positive people. It doesn't really matter what environment you're in. It says spend time with good thinkers. Spending time with good thinkers isn't just spending time with good thinkers in person. That's obviously the best because you're bouncing off ideas. They're giving you, they're giving you different perspectives on every single thing that you do. And when you have a bad thought, they're combating it with a good thought. But that's not just in person, man. Spend time watching Alex Becker. I love Alex Becker. I've been watching him so much lately. It's amazing. Or just anyone on YouTube, these podcasts, that, that counts as spending time with good thinkers because you become your reality. And so it's just like your body. If you're feeding it dog shit, unhealthy food, you're going to get fat. You're going to get fat. And don't listen to the media saying it's okay to be fat. It's not okay to be fat. I'm sorry. Unless you th- you're okay with being fat. But if you're dissatisfied, like the usual cycle I've noticed is people will get obese. They become dissatisfied with themselves. And then instead of, com- instead of working on that, like for example, Chris Harley, rest in peace, he was completely okay with being fat. And that's fine. But I would say for the majority of people, instead, they're not okay. And so instead of looking for the way to fix it, which is the hard way, they look for the way to validate it, which is the easy way. They look for the easy way to validate it. But, they, but that feeling does not go away. They know it. They know it. They don't feel right. If you're 400 pounds walking around, you, don't, you know you don't feel right. But if you do feel right, all the best. It isn't physically unhealthy, but I'm kind of getting on a tangent. But what I'm saying is like, you have to be honest with yourself. And if you're never honest with yourself, you're never going to become the person you actually want to be. The people I seek are looking to grow and learn. They challenge me with their thinking and actions. Exactly what I was saying. If you, if you live in an echo chamber, and there's been many celebrities that, you know, they get to this point where they just surround themselves with, Yes, men, and then that's when you notice they have a massive downward spiral because nobody has the balls to say, listen, man, you're doing some terrible things to yourself. That might be hard to hear, and that might risk you getting outcasted away from them, but at least you're, but at least you're being the honest one. You're helping them more by being honest with them, by giving them an outside looking in than just being in an echo chamber and encouraging their bad habits just so that they can be around you. I mean, that's part of the 12 rules, you know, surround yourself. Um, it's uh, be friends with those, become friends with those who want the best for you. And a lot of times when you get more and more successful, the people who are less successful than you are just going to want to tell you what you want to hear. But you have to be around those who challenge both your thinking and actions. Even if they're wrong, at least it's challenged, and at least it gives you another way to think about it. You know, maybe you're both wrong, or maybe you're both right. But if you want to be a sharp thinker, you got to be around sharp people. And again, you might not be around the sharpest people right now, but there's a lot of sharp people on YouTube, and there's a lot of sharp people on social media that you can just take in what they're saying. Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter. Because what you surround yourself and who you surround yourself with is what you become. Because one good thought does not make a good life. This is, this, I really like this part right here. One good thought does not make a good life. The people who try to ride out that one good thought for life end up unhappy and destitute. And I know one of my best thoughts was one product drop shipping, And that's what got me out there. That's what... Uh, Change the dropshipping game for me and change the dropshipping game for a lot of people. But at a certain point, I just kind of like let that stay there. Like there's my good thought. But that path that I was potentially going on where I just try to write out that one good thought for life would have been, 
I could feel it was making me unhappy and destitute of energy because I wasn't progressing. I had that one good thought and it worked. But Steve Jobs had one good thought. That was the Mac. Imagine if Steve Jobs stopped at the Mac. You know, would Apple be a $2 trillion company, the, the most valued company in the entire world? No, because he kept having good thoughts. He didn't stop there. And so when you have that first successful thought that obviously breeds success, you got to keep thinking. And that's why what I was talking about at the beginning of this options thing is with what we're doing with the options trading and the content I'm bringing that's around the options trading, that's a good thought. And then another good thought, you know, but the point is like, when you have the good thoughts, it's, a, it's all about acting on the next good thought or that good thought in itself. I've had many great thoughts that I just did not act on because I was so attached to this one good thought that I had at the beginning. Obviously, this podcast, good thought right here. But then I couldn't just stop at having a good thought for a podcast. Then I had this good thought where I was bringing true value to people who maybe don't read as much but can think, but like listening to podcasts where I can sum, not even like summarize a book, but... Just give, a, just give the information that I think in the book is valuable to you in it. And it just goes on like that. You know, you cannot just stop at one good thought. Going back to Steve Jobs, he had one good thought turned into the Mac. He could have been a billionaire just off of that or a multimillionaire easily. But he didn't stop there. He then created the iPod. That brought him to the billionaire spot. But then... He could have easily stopped there. He could have been the king of, of music. But then he's like, we're going after the phones, motherfuckers. So then he thought of the iPhone. And then, boom, he thinks of what was after the iPhone. Like the Apple Watch. I know I'm jumping around. But the point is, people would think, oh, he had one good thought, Apple. No, 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 no. He had one good thought that laid the foundation for Apple. And then it was many good thoughts that built Apple up. You see what I'm saying? And so he would have probably died unhappy if he would have just stopped at the Mac and had all these other great thoughts. Uh, ironically, he was an acid taker too. Uh, if you look it up, apparently that's how he thought of a lot of his ideas. Not recommending it though. But that's my point with this one quote right here. One good thought does not make a good life. He would have, he would have been unhappy because there's so many things that he could have tried. And there's... and. With the idea that I'm having right here, I can feel it. Like sometimes you can feel, I can feel it. And these are not even good thoughts. These are great thoughts. But thoughts are just thoughts. It's the action that really makes a, gr a good thought great. Be a lifelong learner. This is one of the biggest things that stood out to me when I met my mentor. I met him at a, um, a seminar or conference, kind of like a mastermind I was speaking at. And it was this guy was the one who asked the most questions. He was asking more questions than anybody in the room. And it took me over a year to learn out. He was probably the most successful of everybody in that room. And it really goes to show you the, how successful people think is that they're always learning. They're always learning and they never think that they know it all. Because sending it back to, the, to what I was talking about before, they surround themselves with people that, that challenge their thinking and actions. You can, you can be a millionaire if you just box yourself off into what you think and you're like, yeah, I know it all. But you cannot become a billionaire that, that way, and I've learned that. Um, listening has taught me a lot more than talking. That's what John says, John C. Maxwell. Listening has taught me a lot more than talking. So when I see people who are just very loud, there's so much noise out there, so much noise. And that's why I've kind of been a little more quiet on social media. I've just been listening. I've been paying attention. I've not been talking because now with what I'm doing and everything and just the overall different way that I'm thinking, I'm, I'm listening. Clubhouse is great. I almost never talked on Clubhouse when Clubhouse is the thing. Clubhouse is dead now. There's a lot of scam artists there. A lot of people who just got out of prison. A lot of horrible people on Clubhouse for sure who are just putting on this act. And by listening and not really talking with them i can see through like there's certain people where i'm just listening i can tell you're talking bullshit after bullshit i can tell it but it's not because but i probably wouldn't be able to notice it as much if i got in a dialogue with them and i was just putting on this front this is why i hated clubhouse because people would just talk to talk because they wanted to be heard so they could get followers which were directed to their course other mentorship or whatever that was the system of clubhouse and that's why i really didn't like it 95% of people on there seem like they're lying. A lot of them honestly were. Probably 90% of the 
Um, but yeah, if you just sit there and listen and just listen and listen and listen, that's why I've just been learning and learning and learning lately because this time for learning for the, the industry that I'm getting in and the things that I'm doing, it's like I'm just listening. That's the way to do it. Who you are determines what you see. I've noticed this in myself too. Like who you are determines what you see. If you're thinking negative thoughts, you're really only going to be picking up on the negative things, which is going to make you even more negative. If you're thinking, going back to what I was talking about at the very beginning, if you're, if you're thinking, this will work out. What, who you are determines what you see. So if you really believe that this is going to work out, if you know this is going to work out, it's going to work out because what you're seeing is the path towards what you know is happening or what's going to happen. Like that's so simple, but so many people don't get that. Who you are determines what you see. If you are the person who knows that it's going to work out, you become, you see the things that will make the path that you want to be on work out or the goal, you will see the path that will make the goal work out. It's that simple. And it's such a revolutionary and simple way of thinking that most people I think overlook it. See things from other people's point of view. This is really hard. And this goes back to, like so many of this connects, you know, be a lifelong learner. Listening has taught me more than a lot more than talking and seeing things from other points of view. You cannot possibly see something from someone else's point of view if you're not listening to them and listening and majority of the time listening to them because you'll never see from their point of view. You're always going to be thinking of what to say next. And this is something freestyle rap has really taught me. I can freestyle 10 times better if I'm paying attention to what the other person is freestyling about because right when it's my turn, I know what to go off of and it's coming, it's flowing creatively. If someone else is freestyling and the whole time I'm just thinking about, all right, I'm going to say this and I'm going to rhyme this and this. I'm blanking out. I have no clue what they're saying. All I'm thinking about is my own shit. Therefore, relating to life, if when someone's talking and all you're thinking about is, what can I say to sound smart? Okay, I'm going to think this, this. You're missing out on everything, man. You're missing out on seeing things from their point of view, which could challenge your thinking and your actions. You're missing out on so much because you're so wrapped up in how you're thinking and how you want to be presented um, and how you want to talk and how you want to be respected that you're completely missing any information that's going to benefit you. That's why it's like that That stood out to uh, my mentor that stood out more than anything. It's just like the fact that he was not talking about anything. He, he like, he talked one thing about one of his Shopify stores and a couple other things, but for the most part, he was just listening to what other people had to say because what could benefit him and then seeing it from another point of view where it could possibly help him do business even better. Or like he said many times, he's like, I always want you to tell me things that you do and things that you see because you could possibly see something that I never saw because if you're trained in a certain way in your brain, it's going to be very hard to see things from a different way, especially when it's working out. But those different ways can be implemented to make it work out even better. And concentrating for a considerable amount of time is essential for difficult achievement. That is another thing to bring up Alex Becker again. Man, that's something he. I watched one of his videos yesterday and he was talking about how anybody can make five million, five ten million dollars a year if all they did every day was just spend three hours not on the phone, throw the phone away, throw it out, throw it out the back, smash it for three hours and buy a new one every day. You know, don't have any tabs on your entire laptop, log out of all your social media. If you just give three hours of pure dedicated attention to something that you want to work on every single day, and then one hour of of learning, whether it's reading or watching YouTube videos or, or CEO interviews specific on the industry that you're in, you are going to make 5 to $10 million a year. It's three, and that's what it's saying, right? Cons- concentration for a considerable amount of time is essential. He says, if you're not working a job, you should be doing it for eight hours a day. No phone. You cannot contact you for those eight hours. You're just focused on what you need to focus on, and there's so much more to that, you know, the diet and everything, but for most people, most people can fit in three hours of unobstructed concentration, and when it says a considerable amount of time, Three hours may not seem like a considerable amount of time, but three hours of unobstructed attention towards something could equal 
15 hours of distracted attention easily. And that's that's a point he made. And by a considerable amount of time, three hours times 365 days equals a lot of fucking time. <laughs> and that's a lot of fucking achievement. And that's the only way you're going to get out if you're not getting out. Because you don't have the skill, you don't have... You don't hone a skill by diluting your attention to its development. You, you don't hone a skill by diluting your attention to its development. By diluting it in any way, maybe you're focusing on two different industries. Well, Elon Musk did it. You're not Elon Musk. If you are working a job that you don't want to work and you want to do e-commerce or stocks or crypto or, or real estate or anything, if you spend those three hours a day working, no matter what, working for three hours straight and then you're done, and then one hour of learning to for what you can apply next. I mean, or eight hours and, and one hour, you know, amp it up. But if you dilute your attention to, I want to learn to trade, you know, I want to learn to trade stocks while building my real estate portfolio, while uh, learning crypto trends, while doing e-commerce. I mean, people have done that. But, if, but imagine the success you could have in one area. I mean... I don't want to talk too much about 12 rules of life, but Jordan Peterson talks about that, you know, chaos and order. The only, and there's only three things in life that can be felt. That's chaos, order, and consciousness, which is right in the middle. If, you're, if you have two feet in chaos, your consciousness is going to be whacked out, man. But if you have two feet in order, your consciousness is going to be very boxed in and you're not, it's going to be very hard to develop further than that. You need to have one foot in chaos and one foot in order, one foot in what you really know what to do and one foot in something you have no idea what to do. But the, but the order that your left foot is in is going to stabilize you for the chaos that your right foot is in. And I'm going to get way deeper in that into the book, but you cannot dilute your attention. Like what you want to do has to be your full attention unless you want to do it. If, if you want to do a, a bunch of things in an okay manner, okay. But if you want to do something fucking really great and you want to be the best one of the best in that industry you have to give it its full attention like imagine if kobe Bryant was trying to be an uh nba star but he was also learning how to play soccer because he wanted to play soccer at triple a i mean there have been professionals who play I, i'm blanking on their names who played mlb and football but guess what they weren't the best mlb player and they, they weren't the best football player they could have they may have been if they just focused all that energy on that one. But again, this is, everybody's different. All I'm saying is, especially if you're stuck right now and you're not even great at anything that is able to relieve you of your job and have that pay for you full time, focus on that first, man. Focus on the thing that's going to get you out of the situation you don't want to be in. And once you have felt like you've really mastered that, maybe then keep one foot in there for order and then another foot in chaos, you know? That's something I've noticed with myself too by just trying so many different things at once. But yeah, the immature mind hops from one thing to another, man. The mature mind seeks to follow through. That's exactly what we're talking about with diluting your attention. The immature mind hops from one thing to another while the mature mind seeks to follow through. Have to follow through. Have to follow through. I mean, sometimes in myself, I, I'll get 90% of the way there and then jump onto the next thing. 90% jump onto the next thing. Ironically, I only drink 90% of my waters too. I don't know if that's symbolic or whatever, but that's the old me, man. A conclusion is a place when you're tired of thinking. I could see that. Don't do easy things or hard things first. Do first things first. The highest return activities. There you go. Whatever is giving you the highest return, do that first. Don't, and that that's, goes back to the chaos and order thing. Don't do easy things first or hard things first. Do first things first. Whatever has the highest return, either in mental productivity, either in financials, either in uh, well-being, whatever, whatever in your day should come first. And you know what should come first. Instead of like planning it out where it's like, okay, I'm going to start with the easy stuff and progressively get harder. I'm going to start with the hardest stuff and progressively get easier. Do what you know you need to do first and then work from there. Because walking slowly through the crowd allows you to connect and know their needs. And withdrawing allows you to think how to add value. And that's symbolic, you know. Walking through the crowd allows me to connect and know their needs. That means talking with people. If you talking with the people that you're trying to help, you there's a lot of disconnect, you know, in the world. There's a lot of people out there who want to help, 
say, world hunger, but they never talk to the hungry. <laughs> a lot of people want to help with the homeless, but they never talk to the homeless. Let's use the homeless, for example. Talking with the homeless, finding out their reasonings for being there, finding out what they actually need, not what the, the media wants you to think or anything like that. That's how you really know what they actually need and what needs to be done to actually help them. And then withdrawing from them is how you actually know how to, how to add value to give them what they want to do. You have to see both sides. And that, the homeless is just an example. Anything you want to do, any, any path you want to go on, even in e-commerce, like if you have a product, say a skincare product, you have to constantly see the customer reviews. You have to constantly see what's going on with the customer service. What are the complaints? Like if you're getting a lot of complaints, if you never look at the complaints and you're only looking at the sales number, that business is not going to last long, man. Business is not going to last long. You have to talk with the people that you're, you have to talk in the basic terms in, in business, you have to talk with your customers and then withdraw yourself from the customers in order to think clearly going back to the original to know how to add value to them best. Here's a good point. To do well at a few things, I had to give up many things. That's what I'm saying. Chaos and order. To do well at a few things, I had to give up many things. And there's no harm in trying a lot of things. It's all about how you feel. But doing so many different things is going to leave you very average at so many different things. But as you minimize it to the things that actually fulfill you, the things that you actually want to do, the things that you're actually giving your full undiluted attention to, you have to give up the things that you're giving partial attention to that are just taking up time, but more importantly, taking up energy because you only have so much energy to give. You only have so many choices to give a day. I forget what they call it, but your brain literally has a capacity for choices. And this is why you see like people like Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs wear the same thing every day. And that's why I minimize my clothing because even the, the simple choice of what clothes to wear, that's going to take up energetic choice. And you only have so much energetic choice. Highly creative people are dedicated to ideas. They don't rely on talent alone. They rely on their discipline. It's exactly what Jocko was saying on his story the other day. He's like, I woke up this morning, 4 a.m. Motivation is bullshit. I didn't want to wake up today. I want to sleep in. I didn't want to go to the gym. Guess what? In those moments, motivation ain't going to help you, man. I use discipline. Get after it. And something like that. But highly creative people are dedicated to the ideas. They don't rely on their talent alone. They rely on their discipline to follow out the ideas. Because talent alone isn't going to get you there if you're not disciplined to follow through with the ideas. You have to follow through. Because at the end of the day, imagination is more important than knowledge. Imagination is way more important than knowledge. You could be the smartest person in the world and working for somebody else. And someone who's very not smart but has just a crazy imagination and also able to segment it so that they put the people in power. Like It's not a, it's not a one-man team, and I'm going to get to that in a second. It shouldn't never be a one-man operation. The people at the top have the most creative ideas, and then they hire people below them to fulfill those ideas so that they can spend all their time on, the, on thinking on the ideas and thinking about how to execute next. You don't see Steve Jobs in the factory making iPhones. You, know, you see him giving the orders to how the iPhone should be, and you don't see Mark Zuckerberg coding. I don't know if he codes anymore. I know he did in the day, but I'm sure he has a massive amount of people coding the ideas that he wants to implement because his imagination because there's a lot of people who run software firms who don't know how to code they just know their imagination and they find the people to code i wish i could think of some off the top of my head but that's my point the knowledge the imagination for the ideas that bring in billion dollars in software is way more important than having the ability to code those ideas. The idea, it would like having the master ability to code is amazing. But if you if you don't have that creative thinking, then all you're going to do is be coding for other people's ideas, which the ideas is where the big money make is where the big money comes from. Creativity is being able to see what everybody else has seen and think what nobody else has done so that you can do what nobody else has done. I'm sorry. Creativity is being able to see what everybody else has seen and think what nobody else has thought so that you can do whatever what nobody else has done. Think about that for a second. One more time. Creativity is being able to see 
what everybody else has seen and then think what nobody else has thought so that you can do what nobody else has done. And a lot of people get bogged down by that. And I did too. He says right here, the quote, think of your image is the biggest creativity killer out there. Think of your image. There's been like, for there's been YouTube videos I've wanted to make. And this is why I've been a little stagnant on the YouTube. It's like I built up this following. And then at the beginning, I was doing Facebook ad videos with a shoe on my head. I was, I did a, I did a, a, a drop shipping 2020 video shirtless in the pool. And then as the numbers went up, I started thinking about my image more and more, which my creativity started going lower and lower because now at that point, it was a risk. Though Those creativity is an attention grabber. Like what the fuck is going on? This guy's in a pool? Or what about the, in one of the thumbnails, I think it was called how to outsource um, drop shipping tests. Dude, I think I had, ha- I had half my body shaved in the, in my shirt was off and I had half my body shaved in the thumbnail. I haven't made something like that in a while because I was thinking about my image. That's why I'm really glad I'm out here thinking clearly because I'm like, that is me. That is me. I'm not my image. I am me and I am a creative motherfucker. I'm a creative killer. But the think of your image is the creativity killer. Think of your image is the dumbest thing ever. And so many people have told me, told me that. Not to get too personal, but I had an ex once where I was, I remember I was wearing this polka dots, uh, Comme des Garcons shirt and I was always wearing this wacky ass designer shit. And then she came up to me one day. She's like, you know, Scott, if you dress more professional, you know, when I dress more professional, people treat me like way differently. They treat me, um, with more respect, more value. it's like, I remember thinking back then, I was like, what are you talking about? Because that's going to kill my creativity if I'm just going to dress like everybody else because I'm not like everybody else. I'm trying to see what everybody else has seen so I can think what nobody else has thought so I can do what nobody else has done. And the only way you're going to do that is by not giving a fuck about your image. You might fail at a super creative project. I'd rather fail at a super creative project than never try that super creative product that's in my mind and then hate on everybody else who does try it. That's the cycle of life. That's a, that's a cycle of, that's a psychological cycle of life right there is people who have thoughts in their head that they want to attempt, but they think of their image, so they don't do it. And then to cover that up, cover that feeling inside, whenever, when anybody else tries this, this goes back to the Don't Do It People podcast. When anybody else tries, they say, what are you doing, man? What are you, why are you doing this? I see it all the time. I see it all the time. And it's a fact. You begin to think like the people you spend the most time with. So if you're surrounded by a bunch of people who don't have the ambition or they don't, aren't interested in what you're doing, that is okay. I'm not here to say ditch them. But what I am saying is if you're going to be around them, you have to also implement people who are on the same path as you. And the more the better. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't be behind them, but I'm not there to tell you that. All I'm saying is you always have the choice in today's world to both be surrounded physically by these people by seeking them out. I call it magnetic networking. People always ask, how do you network? I don't. I don't go to networking events. I don't do any of that. I do magnetic networking. I don't have to spend time networking. The people that are in a similar mindset, a similar path to me are going to come to me because of my achievements and my that I have posted online through creative and entertaining YouTube videos and podcasts or whatever like that. That way, my time is spent on the thing I actually like to do, making videos. And then, ironically, the, that's going to magnetize the people who are looking for those videos. Anyone clicking on those videos, say clicking on a dropshipping video, they're interested in dropshipping. They're not just going to click on that video just because, oh, it's in my recommended. You know, 99% of them are going to be on that. So then, guess what? They're DMing you. Guess what? Now you have that connection, and now you have people that you can actually talk with. That's how I met all my dropshipping friends all my crypto friends, all of that. It's magnetic networking to the fullest. And like I said, if you don't have the, you're in a small town, you don't have the chance to be physically around those types of people, you can be connected in a whole new way with this online shit. And that's the best way. Don't let anybody tell you that's not, it's not the same, but it is very similar. If you're just constantly watching pod, uh, let's say you're into, uh, uh, astronomy if you're listening to astronomy if you're listening to astronomy podcasts 
and you're following people who are deep into astronomists, if you're following astronomists and you're DMing astronomists and they're DMing you back and you're maybe even taking an astronomy course at a, at a college, and then guess what? All these students who are interested in astronomy, it, it, it snowballs like that. All of a sudden, now you're surrounded by people who are interested in astronomy. Now you're meeting up to talk about astronomy. Now you're meeting up to practice astronomy. It's the same thing with e-commerce, stocks, crypto, real estate. This is how you do it. This is how you do it because change alone does not bring growth, but it is required for it. Like if you want to grow, you have to change, but changing alone isn't going to bring growth, but growth is not going to happen unless you change. Oh, this is interesting. I was just talking about this at the beginning. The value of a good idea is in using it. So many good ideas have been wasted. Like Gary Vee always said, he's like, you know how many people have told me they thought of Uber before Uber? Guess what, bitches? You didn't create Uber for a reason. The only person who's the billionaire who did create Uber, who took this thought that everybody had, he's the billionaire because he actually used it. The value of a good idea is in using it. Facts. I'm glad that one came up. Men stumble over the truth, then pick men stumble over the truth, then pick themselves up as if nothing happened. Yeah, so when you get hit with the truth bomb, you have to listen. This is goes back to listen instead of just talking over it and just convincing yourself, no, that's not true. I'm just gonna keep believing this. If you get hit with a truth bomb, you don't just stumble over it and then pretend nothing happened. You learn from that truth bomb. I know in the past couple of months, I've learned big time, a lot of truth bombs about a lot of things that I'm practicing. And before I would just trip over it, stumble, and nothing happened. I'm just going to pretend nothing happened. It's all good. No, I got to learn from that. So that mistake never happens again, never happens again. And that is where true growth comes. You see, because when you stumble over a truth bomb and you, you pretend nothing happened, no change happens, therefore no growth happens. But if you stumble over some, some truth and you, really understand that, wow, that is true. Maybe I need to change a couple things. That's where growth is, man. That's where growth is. And that's, this is a good point. He goes, the truth will set you free, but first it'll make you angry. And that's why a lot of people just pretend nothing happened because they don't want to be angry. They don't want to know that they've been lied to their whole lives or they don't want to know that they've been ignoring the truth that's been right in front of them for months or years or decades. They do not because it's going to piss them off. You've been lied to. This this happens a lot with people who go to college and then graduate. You were lied to, man. The industry that you're in, you know you don't even want to be in, but you were told that's the safe way. That's that $80,000, $250,000 student loan that you said that everybody does and it's okay, it'll pay off over time. You were lied to, man. You're going to be working the rest of You have six months after college graduation where you have to start making those payments and those will never get deferred. Nothing can get rid of those. You were lied to. That is not the safe way. That is not the safe way. That's the most dangerous way because now you're in a whole lot of debt that you have to work out of rather than say you had a creative idea and you want to act on it and you don't go to college and you're debt free and you're literally living day to day, putting money away with no debt that's worrying you. Therefore, you are in control of your whole life. The second you have massive amounts of debt, you're not in control of your life. The bank controls your life until that's paid off. And that's the truth bomb. A lot of people stumble on that and then pretend that they didn't hear that because that's going to make them angry because that's the truth. When you're in massive amounts of debt, especially debt that you know you shouldn't have put yourself into, but just because your friends were putting yourself into, um, that's going to make you angry. That's going to make you really angry. But that's the way of the world sometimes. That's the way of the world. The will to win is worthless if you don't have the will to prepare. This goes back to the value of a good idea isn't using it. The will to win is worthless if you don't have the will to prepare. You can have the will to win. You can be super confident in your ability to win. But if you And this goes back to the very beginning of what I was talking about. If you know things are going to go well, but you're not willing to prepare for the things that go well, you're at a loss because even when things are going to go well, if you're not prepared, those things are going to go south really fast. And when you think solving the problem is possible, it is. This goes along well with that. You have to know that it will work out. Because winners think in terms of I can, I will, and I am. Losers concentrate their thoughts on what they should have done and what they didn't do. 
specifically in trading, that was one thing that really bogged my mind. I would see like, I would sell a stock and it would take off and I would, like I, sometimes I hate to admit it, but I still think about how I had $30,000 on the order form on Robinhood at, on Square Stock at $42. It was, it's at 200, it went up to 280. I had 30 grand on the order form. All I had to do was swipe up. I was about to swipe up and I go, never mind. That would be worth like, how much would that even be worth? Five, six, seven, seven times 30. That's a $200,000 swipe. And I did not swipe. And to this day, and even on Tesla, I had that Tesla at pre-split for, for like 70. And I didn't swipe up. And so a lot of times my focus on what I could have done, that focus on a year ago where I'm like, I could have made a half a million dollars doing two fucking swipes. Sometimes that'll mess with me and I'll be so focused on that that I'm completely ignoring all these other opportunities that are coming to me right here. I could have buy this, buy this. No, because I'm focusing on what I could have done. That's for losers, man. Winners think in terms of I can, I will, and I am. And stop searching for what's wrong in each situation. I can, I will, I am. Losers concentrate their thoughts on what they could have done, should have done, and would have done. And now uh, we're going on to reflective thinking. Because thinking about what you could have done, should have done, it's unhealthy, but you also need to understand why you didn't or why you could have or why you should have. That's the real part. Don't focus on what, what you could have. Focus on why you didn't. And that's what reflective thinking gives you. It gives you true perspective. Like We must not look back unless to derive useful lessons from past errors. That's beautifully put, John. We must not look back unless to derive useful lessons from past errors. Learning from the past is way different than focusing on the path, past. Learning from the past is analyzing it, reflecting on it, and then living in the present. Not living in the present while looking backwards. No. Because honestly, most people are more satisfied with old problems than committing to finding new solutions the way of the world. More people are f- satisfied with old problems than committing to finding new solutions. Imagine if the taxi system would have all banded together and be like, listen, bitches, we're going to Uber out this hoe. Like Uber's going down. We're going to, we're going to make this more app friendly. We're going to, we, we have the network. We can just, uh, I don't know, maybe the net, but that would, uh, that's a really bad I'll just be honest, that's a really bad comparison because tax the whole point of the taxi drivers is that they were they had get their taxi license. I don't even want to get into that because I'm I'm not speaking on something that I know too much about. But the point of that is like most people are more satisfied with old problems than committing to finding new solutions. And that's uh, a little bit of learned helplessness, I would say. Like they're they've just learned like, oh, this is hopeless, like this is just the way of the world instead of like they're just satisfied, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. No, there's always something you can do about anything. And the real thing I've noticed that is very consistent in a lot of these books that I'm reading is that the most successful people get used to feeling uncomfortable because comfort and happiness is not going to leave you fulfilled. Comfort and happiness is so easy to do. Comfort and happiness, you know, you could be comfortable sitting on your couch, hitting bong rips all day long, not working on anything, playing video games because, and and eating junk food because dopamine, 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 that's all dopamine. But if you don't have that dopamine fueled brain going, you're going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. But growth comes from uncomfortable situations, basically. And combining thoughts with others gives new thoughts. And that's, that goes back to, you know, the very beginning where it's like when you surround yourself with great thinkers, you're combining thoughts and then those thoughts add and build onto each other instead of just having this one way to think. I, I compare it to like a highway that goes in a huge sea. Like just imagine a huge sea and the highway is like 20 miles long. It's this huge sea. And that's your way of thinking from getting point A to point B is this huge sea. You only have one way of thinking and you're so focused on the plan and not the objective that you're missing this exit that's two miles there. You could cut your time by 10x 
if you're just open to the possibility of this new route and new thinking. That's why you should always more focus on knowing knowing the goal is going to work out than the plan that you have laid out to get the goal. Because cooperation is basically competing the ideas with others, not competing with the ideas of others. I'm sorry. Cooperation is completing the ideas of others, not competing with the ideas of others. That's super important. And that's something that I guess I had, like I always thought I could do everything by myself. I'm going to do solo, but there's so much disservice you do yourself when you don't cooperate with others or don't work in teams or anything. because like, then you have one way of thinking and you're so your whole life. You've been focusing this one way that you don't understand. You're on a big C man. If you just listen to this guy, you might get there in, in 10 minutes rather than in 10 years. Because getters generally don't get happiness. Givers get it. Ooh, that's a good one. Getters generally don't get happiness. Givers get it. If you're someone who makes a ton of money and you're just getting money all day long, stacking it up, stacking it up, but you never spend it on your family, you never donate any, you're not going to end up unhappy. That's a a very empty life when it's all about you, 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 you. I've noticed in my personal self, like for example... Buying like my first Rolex was a couple thousand dollars. I was like, hell yeah, I got a Rolex. But that didn't leave me fulfilled. That didn't leave me happy. What made me happy was like bringing my parents out here, spending a couple thousand on them. That was awesome. Or spending thousands on my friends. Like when I first started making good money, I was bringing my friends on so many more trips. And that was so, like that made me so much happier. Like some of my friends have never really been out of the state. And I'm bringing them to L.A. and Colorado and Seattle and all this. And it was just amazing. Because getters generally don't get happiness. The givers get it. Success is success equals, oh, this is a good one. This is how John C. Maxwell defines success. And this is crucial because this is all about how successful people think. So this is the type of, everything I've listed This is the type of person, this is the type of life that person's living. Success equals laughing often, loved, wait, a a life of, sorry, restart. A life of success is defined by you laughed often, you loved much, had pure women, respect of intelligent men, and the love of children. That's a great way to put it. Laughing often, loving much. Enjoying the love of a pure woman, respect of intelligent men, and the love of children. I don't even have a comment on that. That's, that's put beautifully. Because when you get outside yourself, you make a contribution to others. When you get outside of yourself and make a contribution to others, you really begin to live. And man, it's not all about you. It's not all about what you want. It's not all about Your desires. The the most successful people in the world change the lives of most of so many people. Because you really can't make money by not changing lives. The only way you can really do that is by trading. Because that's like I really can't think of an I was thinking about that recently. I really can't think of another industry where you make money without other people. Technically you do because other people are buying and you're selling to them and you're buying from other people selling. But like in every other industry, I can't think of one like real estate. You're building homes for someone to buy or someone to rent. Ecom, you're selling products to other people. Facebook, you know, you're giving people a social platform. Trading is the only industry as far. Let me know in the comments if I'm wrong, but trading is the only one that you can make money without the involvement of anybody else. There is no life as empty as a self-centered one. There is no life as centered as a self-empty one. Woo! John C. Maxwell coming in hot on a Tuesday afternoon. There is no life as empty as the self-centered one, and there is no life as centered as the self-empty one. This is the practice of Buddha, of Gandhi, of Jesus, all these major religious figures. They all understood this completely. Self-empty. Self-empties. Wow. 
That's incredible. Because people with humility don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. <laughs> people with humility don't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. Because getters generally don't get happiness. The givers get happiness. And unselfish thinkers go into a relationship and make sure that the other person wins. And that makes all the difference. Because that's... They're, they're, when you, when you want everybody around you to win and you help everybody around you win, you're the winner. You're the winner because then they see that happening and if they're smart, they want true fulfillment and happiness, then they help with the people around them. They want other people to win because a thought about another is a thought about yourself. If you want this person to fail because of maybe something he's done to you, that's a wish upon another is a wish upon yourself basically. And that is the truest statement yet. Not yet, but it's a very true statement. <laughs> Remember, guys, everything begins with a thought. It's the action on the thought that act- that brings that brings that thought to life. Because an idea is just an idea, but the action behind the idea is what makes the idea great. And finally, what we think determines who we are, and who we are determines what we do. You're constantly looking at porn. You're going to look at all women as pornography, porn, pornographic objects, and you're never going to have a successful relationship. Never. You stop looking at porn, you're not going to have that perspective. And that applies for so many different things. If you just want, if you're so sour and you just want everybody to lose, if you see a successful person and you just can't wait for their downfall, I see this so much in the Instagram comments on celebrities. People are just waiting for them to fail. They're just waiting. They're looking at all these celebrities. I can't wait for him to fail. Look, this guy's from my hometown. He's rising. He's going to fail. Someone told me that when I moved back from L.A., someone in in my high school mentioned to him, he's like, oh, it looks like Scott ran out of money because he would move back to L.A. That dude's never going to be successful unless he changes his thinking in in, in order to grow. Because while he's wishing for my downfall, he's actually bringing the downfall to himself. And that is the way of the world. Who you are determines what you think, and what you think determines who you are. So what's the foundation there? What's the motherfucking foundation? I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I'm going to read some of these Gmails. Again, you can ask me anything at Gmail at, uh, I'm sorry, advicefromscott at gmail.com. I'm going to be answering text emails again. I think I mentioned this in another podcast. Go ahead and send me um, any questions you have because I'm just going to answer all those. Oh, we actually got a, we actually got uh, an audio one right here. I'm going to see how long it is. Okay, so this one's six minutes and seventeen seconds. Um, Moroslav. So for the audio ones, if you guys could keep them under a minute max, I would really appreciate that because six minutes is like, that would already be 10% of this podcast at this point. So I see that you have the questions typed out anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and do that. But if you want an audio question answered, go ahead and send an audio under 30 seconds to a minute and then write in a brief like, uh, sentence or two what it's about just so I have a heads up of what to think about going into it or if you want to send me just a plain email that's fine but uh, look at the email and the pinned comment below I'll be answering all those Uh, so I'm going to answer some of these questions so one of the questions he says is should I invest all my money at my age into creating a business I wouldn't think about it like that I would just think about should I start a business yeah if you have the if you have any if you have any passion, just do it and give that maybe even follow Alex Becker's advice. Three hours a day of unobstructed. Put the phone away, put any tabs away, focus on that, and you're gonna be successful. You don't have don't think of in terms of like investing all your money. There's so many different ways to make a business nowadays where it doesn't require a huge capital. Drop shipping is a great way, and there's so many other way other businesses you can start with a very low capital amount, even something as simple as meme pages that counts zero dollars in investment next he says should i also satisfy my other needs for expensive things self-confidence self-worth um should i also satisfy my other needs for expensive things 
self-confidence. Yeah, definitely do that. I mean, in terms of expensive things, be real with yourself on that because what I've learned is if you attach your identity towards expense to expensive things, if those expensive things ever go, you're going to feel less of yourself. Your identity has to be fully attached to the person you are, the thoughts that you have, every creative idea that goes into your head, that is you. Don't allow yourself to become outside objects. Never, ever. How can I separate my self-confidence, happiness, and self-worth from materialistic things that I like? I would say that comes from being the person that you want to be. Think about what we just talked about in, in this book. Givers are the ones who get happiness. Getters generally do not. I've noticed with most people, including myself, there's generally something they're trying to cover up and there's generally some sort of image they're trying to withhold with the expensive things. There's nothing wrong with one expensive things. This house is like on a million dollar house and I love being here. I love being in super expensive places because it makes me feel better. But I know that I'm not this house and I know that I'm not my car and I know that I'm not fucking diamonds. I didn't even bring my fucking diamonds. I'm selling those when I get back. But I just know that my self-worth and confidence comes from my actions that I do and the way I treat people and the way I live my life and the way I and the and the things that I the thoughts that go into my brain. And that's what I would say. Cuz I understand that cycle, you know? I understand that cycle. But self-worth is dependent on not only just the ideas that you have, the action you take. Because you're going to be the happiest that you've ever been. Like you, you said, try to create a business. I promise you, you're going to be more happy creating a business that you, even the process of creating the business, you're going to be more happy. That's going to bring you so much more happiness than a materialistic object will ever bring you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Ahmed. This is going to be the last question. If you made it to, this is a good one. This was a great one. I can't wait to do the 12 rules for life and uh, just keep doing these more and more. The, the, the settling period in here was way more dynamic than I thought it would be. Like it was a re a complete reset for me getting out here. And the, that first week I was going through weird phases, like, cause I was so used to one way of living and I let myself slip into like this horrible routine of the same thing over and over again. And so when I got here, I was like, as weak as it sounds, I was a little freaked out because like I hadn't done something like this in a while, but doing things like this is what makes me me. Like I want to go to Seattle for a month. I want to go to fucking Switzerland for a month. I want to do all this stuff and allow myself to slip into this routine where it was just like, I'm focused on making money and that's it. But what I tweeted about yesterday was a t tweet directly reflective of me. It's like what you make, what you do with the money is way more important than what you make with make the money. What you do with the money is way more important than the money you make. Okay, let's see. Ahmed says, look, Scott, ever since I heard you talk about this thing, I've been thinking about it. I forgot what. It's called, but I'm going to try my best to explain it and get your opinion on it. It's pretty much where you remove a part inside of your body, which essentially removes your desire to want to have sex and it helps improve your productivity. It's actually not that. It's called sexual transmutation. And it they say sexual desire and sexual, um, sexual, I'm trying to think, sexual focus basically is the most powerful feeling in your entire body because that's, generally the main driving feeling that we're bred for is like we are bred to breed and that's we're bred to breed and like we want to reproduce that's like our innate most powerful feeling and so what uh einstein benjamin franklin so, so many of the biggest most successful people have done is they figured out a way this is in think and grow rich by napoleon hill obviously napoleon hill did it too i, I would assume um where you take that sexual desire and you transmute it into the desire for what you want. Say you want to create a huge software business. 
If you take all that sexual desire and then reroute it towards the, the software business, you are going to be amped up like you never believed before. Ahmed, I would just recommend saying, read the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. For this specific question, just look at the chapter called Sexual Transmutation, and that'll answer your questions way better than I could. All right, man, so that's it. If you guys enjoyed this, and you made it all the way here, comment the one-hour gang on the YouTube comments right now. Comment any books you want me to check out. I only have a certain number out here that I'm reading, so, but I still like look at all the comments. I'll reply to some of them. And uh, any book you recommend, just let me know. The book's coming in here because it's getting warm. But this was a great one. I feel great doing this. And I can't wait for the 12 Rules of Life book. If you want to read along with me, go get 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. And I'd love to talk with you in the comments. And then probably eventually I'm going to make it so that you guys can call in. We can discuss live and all that. So, again, any questions you have on this or anything, go ahead and drop them in the email advice from Scott at gmail.com. Thanks for watching. Peace. See you on the next one. Oh, yeah. Oh.